It's hard to believe it's Christmas Eve. We're so glad that you're here with us. I want to teach you how to say Merry Christmas in American Sign Language. You want to learn? It's really easy. All right, this is Merry. Try it with me there. So it's actually two times. I kind of went crazy there. But Merry Christmas. There you go. Now, do you know there are more people who are deaf in Austin than there are UT students? So if you run across someone who's deaf, you can say Merry Christmas. Now, you may not want to say that in February or September. If you do then, you can just say, hello, this is hello. But what's amazing about Christmas is it's celebrated all around the world, all around the world right now. People from different nationalities and backgrounds are celebrating Christmas. And all of us might have our own traditions that we have. I, I grew up in a family where my mom's side would open on Christmas Eve, and my dad's side would open on Christmas morning. So when it came to our immediate family, unfortunately, my dad won. We had to open on Christmas morning. How many of you, your family tradition is Christmas Eve? I've always been jealous of you. How many of you open one on Christmas Eve and the rest on Christmas morning? Oh, okay. That's several of you. That's interesting. How many of you are like nothing till Christmas morning? All right. Kind of a mixed crowd here. How, how many, when it comes to traditions, how many of you always watch Home Alone every year? All right. By the way, in case you're wondering, that's supposed to be me, one of the bad guys from Home Alone. I'm not sure why they did this, <laughs> but you can take this sticker and do with it whatever you would like. Uh, there's also one of John Burke and Carlos Ortiz, and uh, just what you've always wanted, right? Your pastor at, with a burned out beanie from Home Alone. Well, how many of your tradition is Elf? You've switched. You're all about Elf, all right? Anyone, a Christmas story? How many of you go way back? It's a wonderful life. All right, some of you raised your hand multiple times, I noticed. You'll watch them all, right? Well, in the midst of all these different traditions, all these different things that we do to celebrate Christmas, ultimately the meaning behind Christmas is so much more than these traditions. It's not about Santa. It's not about the gifts. It's, it's about the miracle that is God with us. And, you know, every single one of us, I know have experienced these transcendent moments, these moments when God revealed himself to you, but maybe not in a way you would expect. It's that moment that you experienced peace, and maybe it was a little bit of joy, or maybe it was this moment of love that surprised you. Have you ever had one of those transcendent moments that could only be explained as a God intervening in that moment? I've had several of these in my life, and one that came to mind as I was thinking about our time together tonight, it, it happened about six years ago. We were a, a little church of about two to 300 people, and we were meeting at Crockett High School, and we had this dream of moving into a permanent facility. See, setting up and tearing down is very difficult, but there was only about two to 300 of us, and we're a really unique church because many of our church family, they're still searching. They're still unsure about faith, but there's a committed core that give generously, even a certain percentage of their income every single week so that we could do what we do. So we could be a place for people who are searching, a place where we say, come as you are. And people believe us 
and they explore here. And I love that about our church. But I have to tell you, when it came to this idea of raising up to a million dollars to be able to move into this place, I wasn't sure we could pull it off. And as the, the campus pastor, I was really nervous. Like, what happens if we don't raise that much money? Like, people are going to be mad at me that we have to stay at Crockett High School. And I went on a trip to California, and these thoughts were just filling my mind. And I lay down to go to sleep that night, and I just could not stop thinking of all the things that needed to be done and all the things that could go wrong. You ever had a night like that? Mine's going a mile a minute. You can't seem to slow things down. So it was in that moment I, I decided to pray, but I noticed my prayers became really just kind of a, a list of all the things that needed to be done, a list of anxieties. But then there was a, a shift. Instead of just listing, God, what I need you to do, it turned into a surrender. God, I surrender this dream to you. God, I surrender all these anxieties and all these things that need to be done. I, I even surrender being the leader of this group. I just surrender. And I have to tell you in that moment, it was something really remarkable because it went from praying about my anxieties to thanking God for all the ways he'd come through in my life in the past, to praising him for the ways he's shown himself to be so kind and compassionate. And in the middle of that, I felt a peace I just can't even describe. It's like all the weight was lifted. I was no longer alone in that hotel room, hundreds of miles away from my family. I, I sensed God's presence. It was almost as if that, that blanket became like the arms of God, my heavenly father holding his son in his lap. Have you had moments where you could sense something bigger happening. By the way, in case you didn't know the rest of the story, we raised enough and we were here. <laughs> but I've seen God do miraculous things over and over and over in my life. What about you? See, I think oftentimes these miraculous moments are just overlooked. We don't see them. As the scriptures say, everything good that happens in life is actually a gift from God, a loving God. What about for you? Maybe it was that beautiful sunset that you saw. We have beautiful sunsets in central Texas. Or maybe it was that moment of first falling in love. Or maybe the birth of a child. Or maybe for those of your parents, it's, it's when your child is asleep. It's easier to be grateful in those moments. Or maybe it's a late night conversation with good friends that just goes deeper than usual. You can feel that heart connection. See, what you're experiencing in that moment is a glimpse of home. It's actually the home that we're intended to experience. Home is where we're meant to live, but we're not actually fully there yet. You see, we live in a, a broken world in which things don't always go as we'd like them to go. God in his love and generosity has created us as free people. We have the freedom to make choices and those choices hurt us and hurt others. But even still, God can be with us through those painful moments. Even when those transcendent moments don't last, we know that he can guide us through the darkness. Why do we all crave to be home in a place that's filled with love and joy and peace when it seems to be so evasive. 
Oxford professor C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, described it this way. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. See, we're not home yet. We're almost home. That's what Christmas is all about. It's hope in the home that we desire deep within. See, the birth of Jesus is not a fairy tale story. It's actually a true story, and it was foretold for hundreds of years by the God who created you, the God who came to rescue us. See, God desires a loving family. He invites each of us, but he gives us that freedom to decide. In your life, have you said yes to the invitation to be his child? Have you said yes to the peace and the joy and the love that he pours out for you and me? See, 800 years before Jesus was born, God foretold that his son would come to rescue us through the prophet Isaiah. In fact, what's remarkable, about 70 years ago, we found scrolls in what's called the Dead Sea Scroll. Archaeologists did radiocarbon dating, and they found these scrolls dated hundreds of years before Jesus. See, some people had said, oh, well, that, those prophecies were, were just written after Jesus. Well, now we have proof. These scrolls written really 800 years ago. Now, here were some that were hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. And here's what these prophecies say, what God foretold. Isaiah 45, who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. And now the Lord speaks. The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, Messiah, says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Salvation. That means to be set right with God, to have right relationship with God. 800 years before Jesus was born, God said, there's a way that you can know that I'm God. I will send my son and he will restore to me people from all the nations. You know, it's remarkable. Our church here in Austin's six different locations, there are actually 65 nations represented at Gateway. See, how, how, how would 3,000 years ago Isaiah know that we would celebrate Christmas, not just in our church, but in churches across the planet, that people from every nation would be celebrating that God came to rescue us? See, these prophecies point towards what's true, that God has come for us. Isaiah chapter 9, another prophecy the peace we long for is promised in the Messiah, in Jesus. Chapter 9 of Isaiah, Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. His government or his kingdom will never end. Think about this for a moment. Hundreds of years ago, Isaiah said that there would be a child born and we will call him Almighty God. 
We will call this child born Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, we celebrate Christmas as the day that God came to rescue us. Once we were in Los Angeles and a, somebody a, a, it was, it was struggling, a skeptic came up to our pastor, Erwin McManus, and asked, I, it seems so narrow-minded that you point towards Jesus as the only way to be rescued by God. And I'll never forget his answer. Erwin said, well, there's no one else coming for us. You see, in every religious tradition, the story is about what we have to do to get to God, to appease even an angry God. The story of Jesus is a God who's so loving that he came for us. No one else is coming for you and for me. There's one who's come and his name is Jesus. Isaiah 51 says that this Messiah would bring joy and justice to humanity. My salvation is on the way. My strong arm will bring justice to the nations. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return, singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. See, some of us have a, a view of, of a religious version of God. We see God as mean and harsh and demanding. Perhaps we've come to that conclusion because of the filter through which we've seen God is through our parents or grandparents or through a religious context that doesn't represent God well. But what we discover is that God is all loving and all powerful, and he hates the injustice that we do to each other. And one day he will make all things right. But in the meantime, his invitation is to every single one of us, even those who've renounced him or been against him and do things that we're not proud of. Every single one of us are invited into that relationship. Have you ever been in love, but that love was not reciprocated? You had feelings for someone and you wanted them to like you and you tried everything you could and it just didn't quite work out. For me, I was in eighth grade and I fell for a girl named Kelly Birch. In fact, I invited her to my birthday party and there she gave me two tickets to a movie. I thought this was a sign. <laughs> she must be more into me than I realized. So I asked her out to go see a movie and I actually went to the movie before I took her so that I would know the exact moment to make my move. It was called Spies Like Us. I probably could have chosen better. But I get to the movie theater on the night of our date. My mom had driven us in the brown minivan. And we get there, and I'm ready for this moment. I'm nervous, but I'm ready. See, in my pocket, I had a sample of the cologne Jacquard Noir. I knew this would win her over. During the movie, I was getting more and more nervous, and then suddenly I was overwhelmed with the smell of Jacquard Noir. You see, it had somehow come loose in my pocket and spilled. It looked like I'd peed myself. It was a terrible moment. Things were not going as I'd hoped. And then the moment that I knew I could put my arm around her, the perfect moment in the movie, I'd missed it. I was too nervous. So I tried later and I put my arm right between the two seats and got stuck. I couldn't get out. It was terrible. So I finally lifted it out and never tried again. The night ended. I was discouraged said goodnight. I don't even think I gave her a hug. 
I walked back to the minivan in shame. (laughs) I found out the next day from one of her friends that she had not given me those movie tickets, hoping I would take her. She just wanted to be friends. So I had one last attempt. I wrote her a letter. And in that letter, I signed it, you'll never love Eric. Do you think that turned things around for me? (laughs) Word to the wise, for those of you moving into the land of dating, making them feel sorry for you never works, right? You see, I could buy her the greatest gifts. I could take her to the best movie. If someone does not like you, you shouldn't even try. See, but here's what's beautiful is that God keeps trying to woo us even when we are not interested. Those little beautiful moments, those transcendent moments where you felt a glimpse of what we were created for, that sense of home, that peace, that joy, that love, that's gift from God pursuing you, inviting you into something so much better. See, we're in the place of in-between. We're almost home. The place of choosing to love God and follow him, but with the freedom to reject him in his ways. God foretold it all through Isaiah, 800 years before Jesus' birth, the reason for Jesus' coming. It's in Isaiah 53. He said, this Messiah would be pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. See, the baby Jesus came to rescue us. He grew up, lived a perfect life. He taught with authority. He brought healing to the hurting, community to the outcast, and willingly gave his life, dying on the cross, taking upon himself all of the wickedness of humanity, all the evils of this world, and it killed him. But on that third day, he rose from the dead. You see, we celebrate not a baby born, but a Jesus who's still alive. And when we say yes to him, he actually comes. His spirit lives within us. Isaiah 30 says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. See, God is patiently waiting for you and for me to turn to him, to acknowledge we need him. That what Jesus did on the cross, we need to count towards our life, that we need to be forgiven. A God who loves you more than you could ever imagine. You don't have to prove that you're worthy. You don't have to stop doing this or that or jump through a bunch of hoops or clean up your life. He's already come for you. It says this in 1 Peter 3, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. See, God is compassionate, forgiving, merciful, kind, and loving. He just wants you to return home to the home you've always longed for. Have you ever said yes to his invitation? not you can do that even right now just say yes forgive me Jesus lead me or maybe you've wandered away you can reconnect in this moment the band is going to sing a song called King of Kings it's a song that reminds us why we celebrate Jesus 
reconnect in your heart with God or start that relationship even now as you hear this song.
the king of kings, whose kingdom, his home, is where we belong. And his kingdom is coming. And when it does, we'll finally be home. But Jesus doesn't want us to just wait for heaven to finally feel at home. He wants us to bring more of heaven to earth, more of God's kingdom, God's home to our hearts and through our lives to others. That's why we're still here. But just like the entrance into God's family takes willingness, so willingness to say yes, allowing more of God's heavenly home to invade earth through you requires a daily yes. As you learn to live in loving relationship with God day by day, your willingness to trust and follow God's will in ways is, God's, is how God's home, his kingdom, invades this world with peace. Even when there's division and strife, with joy when there's stress and burden, and with love. A love strong enough to overcome prejudice and racism and hatred, instead with forgiveness and kindness. Are you willing to allow more of God's home in your heart and through your heart to earth? See, in the new year, we want to help you grow. We want to help your family grow. You know, my, one of our traditions in our family was our daughter has always been the one to put the little star on the top, probably since she was about three. And she's 19 now. Our son is 21. 22, good grief. No, 21. Somewhere in there. <laughs> After you're a teenager, you don't really count them quite the same, right? And this year's a little bit different. Some of you know our daughter is in Paris right now. She's a, an au pair and an intern at a church. And it was really odd to put up that tree without her reminding us it's her job to put the star on top. And it, it would be really hard to have her so far away, 5,000 miles away. Actually, 5,032, I checked. I still have Find My iPhone. It works, even overseas. But you know, I, we miss her so much, but I know she's not alone. And I'm not talking about the amazing family hosting her. I'm talking about the God she came to know in this community. Many of you were part of her journey in helping her find faith. You see, I, my wife and I couldn't do this on our own. We needed this church family to help us raise our kids to become more of who God wants them to be. And that's what we want to do for you, to help you in your journey. One of the beautiful things in one of her college essays, she was writing about her trip to Paris as she's applying for schools for next fall. And one of the schools is a Christian school. And she talked about how it felt like she was getting on an airplane, just her and God traveling all these miles together. See, wherever she goes, I know that she's at home with our Heavenly Father. Luke tells, tells us that angels announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, proclaiming that peace on earth to all those in whom God's favor rests. But sometimes, doesn't it kind of feel like Jesus failed? I mean, there's not a lot of peace on earth. But see, Jesus, on that last night before he went to the cross, explained this type of peace that he came to bring as the Prince of Peace. 
John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In a world where people don't think about doing God's will, but doing their own will, there's a lot of trouble. And we get mad at God that he doesn't stop the trouble, but he actually created a solution. That solution is to transform hearts one at a time to bring more and more of heaven to earth. Do you realize that God does not want you to live a life that's stressed out and anxious in mind and heart? That he desires for you to move from being troubled and fearful to worrying about the what ifs that and what ifs this to experience a peace that transcends our circumstances. So how does that happen? It's by living out what Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to start praying that daily. God, show me how I can bring more of heaven to my part of planet earth. That we might experience more of his peace and bring that peace to everyone around us. Jesus promised a love and joy that transcends earthly love and joy. That last night on earth, Jesus explained in John 15, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. See, God is love. God is full of joy. And all those little tastes of love and joy come from him. And Jesus wants us to experience more of that and bring that to the world around us. See, at Christmas, we celebrate that love came for us. John 14 says this, Jesus said, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Will you let God bring his home to your heart tonight? Perhaps tonight it's, it's the beginning of a relationship or perhaps it's a reconnection, something you've drifted from over these last couple of years. You used to be so involved and so engaged and now it's easier to do other things. God's inviting us into something so much bigger than ourselves. And then this next month, I'm so excited as we begin the new year with what I think may be one of the most important and life-transforming series we've ever done. Take as much as you need. See, so many of us are walking around completely clueless to all that God has for us. So, but how about tonight? Where do you need the kingdom of God to come in your life? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in a struggle, an addiction. Maybe it's in your thought life. Maybe there's something in particular that he's inviting you to surrender. See, Christmas isn't about Santa or the gifts or the cookies. It's about the greatest gift. And the greatest gift that we have ever been given is Jesus. God himself invites you into a relationship. We're going to sing a song to close our time together. And in it, 
we're going to sing the words that Jesus is our heavenly peace. I want you to remember that he is our greatest gift. He's not some distant God. He's a God who walks with us, is within us when we say yes. So if you're a kid here and you have one of those busy bags, maybe with the help of a parent or grandparent, you can crack that little glow stick and hold it up while we sing this song. Let's all stand together and let's consider all that God has done for us as we sing.